Hi, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from the Teaching Your Toddler Show. Today, we are welcoming back a very special guest, Florence Ann Romano, who is also known as the Windy City Nanny. She's an author, philanthropist, and a childcare expert who started working as a nanny when she was only 11 years old. She worked in that field for 15 years, and now she helps parents. She has a very successful YouTube series called Windy City Nanny that helps shed light on all kinds of different child care challenges. She also has a great website that is an amazing resource called WindyCityNanny.com. She's also written a book called Nanny and Me, which helps prepare children for the transition of being cared for outside the home. So let's welcome Florence Ann back to the show. This is Mary Jo Tinlin with the Teaching Your Toddler Show, and today we have Florence Ann Romano, the Windy City Nanny, joining us again for the show, and I'm so excited to welcome her back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm so thrilled to be back here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's been a little while since we've chatted, and I, um, I know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you've been up to lately. Well, I was a former nanny for 15 years and, and wrote a children's book called Nanny and Me to help uh, children uh, learn about the transition of being cared for by their parents to being cared for by somebody else. And uh, I really love to work with parents at this point now in my career being a former nanny about you know what's going on in the home, what are the values of the home, and 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 really three very you know big uh, ideas regarding you know what you should be looking for as you are raising these children in my three platform kind of items are building your village, asking for help and letting love in. So I've really been enjoying getting to know uh, what parents are doing in their homes and how they are asking for help and letting love in. Um, and it's amazing because there are so many common denominators with families, but then there are also some um, some things that are unique and, and customized depending on uh, where you live and the age of your children and the dynamics of your family. Fantastic. Tell us, tell me a little bit more about your book. So Nanny and Me, I, you know, after being a nanny for 15 years, I kind of saw it all. And I realized that there was just a disservice being done in the in the children book world. And I wanted to talk directly to children about what happens when your parents, you know, go to work and who stays home with you. And I wanted it to be done from the child's perspective. So I wrote Nanny and Me to help children with that transition and also to help parents explain to their children about that transition. And to make sure you are setting it up in a way that it's fun and exciting and that there will be memories made and that the children will be safe and um, it just really a different way of approaching child care when child care in America today uh, is so immense. And, you know, the, the statistic is that over 64 percent of families in America today have a nanny or a caretaker. So I wanted to address that head on. Oh, wow. So that may or may not be like a permanent kind of nanny in the home, but some sort of caretaker is your is what you're saying, 64%. Exactly. Some sort of caretaker. And whether that's a few hours a day or it's a live-in, you know, it, it all falls under the same umbrella of you are still needing helping, still needing help taking care and of raising your children. Fantastic. So I know, you know, we've, we've been going through um, COVID or we've gone through COVID in 2020 and, and a lot of 
parents have reevaluated everything about what they're doing with their kids because because by force they were they had to address education for their kids right they it, it whether or not they had one kid in school or whatever they had to decide are we going to do this you know homeschool permanently how are we going to do this remote learning all that kind of stuff i know today let's focus a little bit on on your thoughts there and um, tell me what you your experience is what are you seeing and what are some of the things that parents should be thinking about as they are trying to address this whole like new paradigm of education well, I think the the biggest thing is that parents, uh, not that they weren't involved before, but I think you're looking at education in a different way because you've had to be so much more hands-on uh, regarding your child's education, regarding the curriculum. And I, what I'm seeing, uh, we're after you know COVID and and dealing with with the ramifications and consequences of that. It's an interesting hybrid of okay, what are they learning in school? What is the curriculum like? And then also, what are the things that we need to be teaching from home as well? What's the extension of what was what's going on in the classroom? And then how does that translate to the home? And then vice versa, what are we trying to teach in the home? And how does that translate to the classroom? So it's this hybrid idea, and maybe I. I'm a little over my skis with it, or maybe I'm I'm a little ahead of, of the times, but I'm starting to see the writing on the wall about how these values of school and these values of a family, these really need to be married. Um, it really needs to exist together. And as parents are figuring out what sort of environment they want for their children, that was challenged during COVID too. Uh, do they like the one-on-one -on -one attention perhaps in the home? Maybe the child performed better uh, being in that type of environment or when it was time for things to open up parents were not happy with the idea that they weren't going to go back to school full-time five days a week and they yanked the kids out of the public school system and put them into private school because they wanted them to be back in that environment because they felt socially or developmentally they were not doing as well uh, at the at the in the home environment that uh, COVID uh, made made possible and also uh, you were kind of hostage to. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of different experiences uh, throughout the country regarding how people are approaching childcare. But the one common denominator is that it has challenged exactly what you parents want for your children going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea of what you said about marrying those values with, you know, we've had these sort of parental values that we've been um, instilling on our kids by force, honestly, because we were, we had to have them home for school versus kind of letting the school dictate that. Um, and especially in a public school where you probably don't have any control, whereas, you know, in a private setting, in a private school setting, you, you do, you are able to say, well, this school lines up to my values or whatever. So I think that that's a really interesting thing that parents are having to explore. And like, how are you seeing that sort of, how, do, how are parents reintegrating that? Or how are they, how is that, how's that sort of playing out that that marrying of the of our home values versus schools? Well, I keep telling parents that, you know, something you, you learned, you learned from what 
COVID brought to us was that there wasn't enough time in the day to do every single thing you wanted. You know, parents were juggling having to work from home and still being diligent employees and children were having to deal with online learning and and the balance of all of that. And the biggest complaint I would get from parents all the time was, I feel like I'm failing my children. I feel like I'm failing them in the school system. They're so far behind. And I would say all the time, you know what? Every child in the, across the globe, in our country, they're all on the same page. They're all in the same boat. They're all behind. You know, teachers will catch them up. They, it will be okay. Eventually, it'll be okay. We can't deal with everything all at the same time when everything's crumbling around, uh, cum- crumbling down around you. So instead, what I said to parents was, maybe this is the time you need to be paying attention to the other things that they're maybe not practicing in school. Maybe this is a time to be focusing on manners or kindness or tolerance or compassion, these values that you want your children to grow up with. I much rather see my child come out of everything with COVID being a better child, being being you know more compassionate and more tolerant and, and practicing kindness and all of these things than them being able to do their multiplication tables perfectly. I rather see those things be worked on. And you know the family time, the bonding, uh, the the it, it being given the gift of time in a weird way, even though everything is so chaotic, uh, you are still given an opportunity to put an emphasis in places that you weren't before. Uh, so that's what I'm seeing being the the first steps toward integrating what happens at school and what happens at home and marrying those things. Well, wow, that's that's a great way to look at it. And and I mean, honestly, as a parent, I agree with you 100 percent that I would much rather have my child turn out as polite and sweet and, you know, a, a good person. Um, and and like you said, that the academics will they'll work themselves out. Um, I really like that. So tell me, have you seen or how, maybe your advice for parents as they send their children back to wherever they've been? And maybe in this case, if, you know, the listeners have kids that might go to preschool part time or some, you know, something like that. Are, are you seeing kids having any sort of anxiety or fear of going back to something where where they, you know, they were told you're going to get sick or something might be dangerous about going to school? How do, how do you deal with that? I think being honest with our children is always positive. I think being transparent is is always important no matter the age of your child. But I do not agree with giving children more information or detail than they should be able to handle. You shouldn't be speaking to a five-year-old about COVID the same way you're speaking to a 15-year-old. And I've seen that mistake happening in households. And I, I really do believe that the reason that that conversation is happening in that kind of fearful way is because the parents themselves are scared because the anxiety and, 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 and stress of the parents that's permeating, um, out into the children. And so I know how difficult it is to try to temper your own reactions or your own feelings. And I'm not saying you shouldn't show your children how you feel that they shouldn't see that you are afraid or that you have anxiety. These are all things that children need to see. These are real emotions that they want to be able to look to you, the parent, and be able to identify that in you so they can identify that in themselves. But again, there, you know, a little sugar goes a long way. You know, I don't, again, I don't believe children should be hearing the details the same way an adult should be. So making sure that children are learning the, the correct lessons of the moment are important. That, you know, washing your hands and cleanliness and making sure 
sure you know you got that mask on and that you're not you know spitting in kids eyes or touching the kids when you're not supposed to be and you know working on all of that but to instill this unbelievable fear in them I, I don't think that you're doing the children any favors there you have to set children up for success to be able to deal with the adversities in life and fear is never really a great tactic to do that so give them the information in a way that is digestible for them and is, is also presented in a way that is motivating for them um, because children you know their villages they've been ripped away from their villages for months and months they their friends everything that they knew that was stable and exciting and and comforting in their lives was gone when COVID happened so when they're getting the opportunity to go back to some sort of support system to go back back to their village, I want them to be excited about that. And I know you do too as parents, but remember, you know, you are, you're digesting a lot of information because of the media and the way you're digesting that and the way you're regurgitating that back uh, to your friends and your family and your children, you have to be careful about that. So make sure you're censoring what you're doing. Make sure you're being thoughtful about the words that you're using and the strategy that you're using. And what is the end game? Remember, ask asking yourself that question, what is the end game? And I think the end game is that we want our children to be able to feel secure and happy and excited about going back to their environment. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really good point about um, the fear that they reflect. They know. I mean, and it, and just to go back a little bit to the beginning of the conversation, you know, when we were sort of forced into this, we were trying to do too much as parents. We were trying to, um, you know, be all things to all people, and 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 so and that reflects on on the kids. They get that. They see that. So. What are some good ways that you think, you know, a parent who's overwhelmed, and this is not just because of COVID, but just in life in general, like how, how are we, how are, how can we be better educators or better leaders to our children in general, in terms of their education, um, when we are super busy and we are overwhelmed, how, how do parents kind of keep it all together? Keeping it all together is, is the key word there. You know, how do you survive those moments? And I, I think the the lesson that I would love parents to be able to step back and take in during this is that, you know, teachers have a big job and we all know and commend them for what they're doing. But parents also have to understand that letting that love in, asking for help, that that exists in so many different ways in your life. I don't want parents to think they have to have all the answers. They're not supposed to. You know, all you can do is take the information that you have at hand and make the best decision for your children. And that's why right now, um, as parents are making all sorts of decisions for their children, because of the consequences of COVID, but even beyond the consequences of COVID, I think we can't shame each other. Um, as, as parents, as caretakers, whomever it is, in whatever capacity that you work with children, we can't shame each other about the job that needs to be done. We need to lift each other up. You know, every parent is doing the best they can, so we need to sit there and, and, and support each other and say, I'm sure that was a difficult decision to make, but I am supporting you in the decision that's right for your family, for your children. So take this 
time as you are making decisions for your children uh, and, and figure out what is best for your family. What are the values of your family? What are the end goals that you have for your children? And does the academic environment that you have your children in right now meet those goals? And you know what? Sometimes things change. Maybe COVID brought to light that you don't want your child uh, in the school system that they're currently in. Maybe they want you want them to go somewhere else. Maybe they're going public to private or vice versa. Maybe they're going to be homeschooled, whatever it might be. But maybe the experiences of COVID and the consequences of COVID have brought those things to light. And whatever decision you decide to make for your child, it's the right decision for you guys. And you should not feel pressure or intimidated from anyone else that you are not fitting in with what you see going on in your community or what other parents are doing. It has to be a customized situation for all children. I think probably more than ever now, we are really realizing how customizable uh, education really has to be, depending if your child has special needs or typical or whatever it might be. Um, you need to make sure you're doing your research to find out what it is that you want for your child and what the end game is. I, you know, I, I realize that, um, and I've, I've heard more and more about that with kids that, you know, they weren't super happy in person and they went online and it was amazing. And then I've also heard of a students that went online and tanked. And so I think it's really important what you said about that, that customizable, you know, each kid is different and within your family, they might be different too, right? One might thrive online and one might absolutely hate it. So I do think that it's, a, it's been a great reminder for all of us to understand better what what works for our families and what doesn't. Um, talk to me a little bit about, uh, I know you said one of your core principles is the village. And so how can the village sort of help with families in, in educating um, from home or whatever the hybrid looks like, or, or even if they are at school, you know, how does that all work as, as like a village? The village is important just because it supports both the parents and the children. And I think the people that we let into our village, everyone always thinks, oh gosh, you know, it's it's this quantity and it's not. It's the quality of the people that you're allowing in. And that's academics even aside. It's in general, who are the role models in your children's lives? Who are the role models in your lives as parents? Uh, but as you look at who's helping, who the village is right now, you know, the granny nanny is making a big comeback. You know, I the, the grandparents that are, are there to support their, their grandchildren and are act oftentimes as nannies today. Um, they're coming in and trying to help children. Uh, I think it's so funny because so many grandparents, you know, they're they're sitting there in front of that computer and they're, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this. There's not a chance in heck I know how to do any of this work. But they're sitting <laughs> there and they're trying. They're trying to support their grandkids. They're trying to support their grown children who are trying to put food on the table and work and balance it all. And so it's not about doing it perfectly. It, you know, it's not about, you know, fitting into this cookie cutter way uh, regarding the village. You know, it's it's friends, it's family. Sometimes it's hiring someone from Sitter City or Care.com or these online places that, you know, you would use to hire a babysitter or a nanny and have them come in and help, you know, your kids with online learning or giving you a break during the day. Or maybe you're taking turns in the community and, you know, moms are, you know, saying, I'm going to take the morning shift with the kids and then, you know, we're going to switch and I'm going to go to work and you 
you can take the afternoon. It's being creative. It's supporting each other in whatever way you can right now to be able to survive this. And and the truth is we're in a far different place than we were at the beginning of the pandemic where no one was allowed to be with anybody. And now it's a different situation where you are able to bring people into the home or in, 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 in ways that still accommodate the CDC guidelines or whatever the accommodations need to be for your home or the, the rules of your home regarding hygiene or um, safety. Um, but I think it's the idea that we need to open up to other people right now and say, hey, I don't want to do this alone and I don't have to do this alone and getting creative about how we bring people into the fold and into the village. That's great. That's really good. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like just being open minded, right? And just being open to whatever the 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 options are for you. Like you said, if your family is close by or if you have trusted people that are around or if you can do the the vetting properly for those uh, the civil websites, the care.com or Sitter City, right? That, right? that you just need to be open to that. So that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um, summarizing all of that. That was fantastic. I think those are some great ideas of ways that um, parents can kind of be open-minded about what this new paradigm in education looks like. So what else is going on with you that you'd like to sort of finish off with? The one thing I would like to say, and the thing that I've heard from parents more often than not right now, is they just want to know that they're doing okay, that they're not causing irreparable damage in the worlds of their children. Uh, and and I want to assure all the listeners that, you know, life happens in this circular model, right? It's the survive and thrive. And right now, and for, you know, in the past several months, it has seemed like it has just been survival. And you know what? A lot of times, even if there's not a pandemic, you feel like you're just surviving as a parent. And then, you know, when do you get to get to that thrive part? And I really too, do believe that the thrive and the survive, it you you need you weave in and out of it, you navigate in and out of it, but it's not that it's just for these long stretches of time that you're just surviving. I think we have to find the thrive part of it through the survival because not every moment is bad. There are the glimpses of hope and wonder and excitement and magic and all of that thing, all of those things that happen. So I want to challenge parents to find the thrive part of it, even if you feel like you're just surviving. And I think that's what gets you to the other side of those hard moments is finding the happiness or the peace or the joy, even amidst all the chaos. And chaos happens no matter what. You know, all we know, and that's one thing for sure, is that there will always be trials and tribulations ahead of us in the game of parenting and the game of raising children. But if you can start to compartmentalize it and realize that there, there has to be these moments of reflection and, and moments of peace and moments of awareness about the blessings that you do have or the fortunes that you do have. It gets you to the other side. And I think right now more than ever, seeing the light um, is really important and finding what that light is in your life and what that means to you, that's the key to success. Mm. Thank you. That's that's great advice. I think, and as parents, especially when our kids are really small and they're just, it's o it's overwhelming. Um, that those words are really, really reassuring. I think for people. Tell us uh, before we close, how do people find you? 
I'm all over social media. You know, f- please find me at Windy City Nanny on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can go to my website, windycitynanny.com. I've got blogs, 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 a million there for you about all sorts of things to get you through, you know, kind of every day of parenting and beyond from new mommies to uh, grandparents, you know, dealing with being uh, children's nannies. So please reach out to me. I always answer every DM. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I will leave all those uh, links in the show notes for people so they will be able to find you. And again, I appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. I can't wait to have you again as a guest. And uh, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at www.teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler on Instagram and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.